0: three-day hiatus from our podcast. That is my bad. I take full responsibility, throw eggs or tomatoes at me, uh, whatever you will. That was my bad. But hey, we're back today. We're back today. The last couple weeks, I've <coughs> been talking about the cross. And I was reminded recently in 1 Corinthians one eighteen, <coughs> excuse me, what the Apostle Paul said about the cross. Here's what he wrote. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. Did you hear what he said? When we preach the cross to those that are unsaved, to them it's foolishness. doesn't make sense. But to those of us that are saved, it's the power of God. This is the word dunamis, the dynamite, the power of God. There's power in the cross. And so I shared with you, I guess, the last two or three weeks now that been meditating on Psalm 22 ever since the last week of um, December 2021. Psalm 22 is the psalm of the cross. And just by way of reminder, before I uh, share with you for a couple of minutes, some, really some cool stuff about the death of Jesus. Just wanna remind you that Psalm 22, the first 18 verses, David is in a real situation, but he also prophesies the cross the reality of the cross. And then verses 19, 20, and 21, he reveals the results of the cross. And this is for you and me. The results of us coming to the faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. He's our strength, he's our help, he's our deliverer, and he's our saver. And then the response is to the fact that Jesus is our strength, Jesus is our help, Jesus is our deliverer, Jesus is our savior. is, it should make us 2022, Psalm twenty twenty. excuse me, Psalm 22, 22, it should make us a bolder witness and a freer worshiper. And that's what we're praying for in 2022. Bolder witness and freer worship. So we've been talking about the cross and you can't talk about the cross without talking about death. So last week we talked about the fact that the cross, or excuse me, Jesus' death on the cross was natural. It was natural. In other words, um, it's appointed and a man wants to die. Jesus was a man, and he died like everybody else died, though he died differently, but the fact is he died naturally. His death was natural. Then we talked about his death was unnatural. We really focused in a day last week on the fact that Old Testament says, you sin, you die. You sin, you die. New Testament, you sin, you die. You sin, you die. You sin, you die. Jesus never sinned, yet he died. Whoa! That is unnatural. The reason he died was unnatural. He died for our sin. And then the way he died was unnatural. Death by crucifixion is an unnatural way to die. So, Jesus' death was natural, it was unnatural, and then today I want to, and tomorrow probably, give you a, uh, something to think about, hopefully, prayerfully, and hopefully it'll, it'll bless you. The death of Jesus was preternatural, P-R-E-T-E-R, that prefix means to go beyond. And so by that, I mean the death of Jesus goes beyond what is natural, Now, next week, we'll talk about how the death of Jesus was supernatural. And that's a whole different ballgame there. But I want you to consider the fact that Jesus' death was preternatural. It goes beyond natural. Listen to what Jesus said in John 10, verse number 17. He says, Therefore, does my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again? So clearly before the cross, Jesus says, I lay down my life and I take it again. And then John ten eighteen, no man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So what I want you to grab onto today is that Jesus' death goes beyond natural because Jesus was in absolute control of when he would die. Now, it is appointed a man wants to die. You and I don't know when we're going to die. Jesus knew when he was going to die. And all through the Gospel of John, he talks, John talks about the hour of Jesus or the time of Jesus. John chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, <coughs> The um, wedding at the Feast of Cana, they ran out of wine and his mom comes to him and says, hey, they need some wine. And Jesus says, my hour is not yet come. What's he talking about? This mysterious hour, this momentous hour. You read over in John chapter seven, verse six, again, about the hour of Jesus. John chapter eight, verse 20, the hour of Jesus. And by the time you get to John chapter eight, the Jews are trying to kill Jesus. And sometimes he would just slip through the crowd and he would be safe because as John said, his hour had not yet come. And then in John 12, verse 23, it talks about his time, which is the same thing as hour, had not yet come. John 13, the night of his betrayal, when Jesus is having a last meal with his followers, the Bible says he knew his hour was come. And he loved them until the end. He knew his hour was come. And then he says that someone will betray him, and they leave the room, and he's walking outside, and he gives a discourse in John fourteen through sixteen to his disciples. And in John sixteen thirty two he says the hour is coming when you will be scattered. That's the sixth time he uses the word hour. And then there's a shifting in John seventeen one. Because for four chapters, Jesus had been talking to his disciples about leaving. And now was his hour. Now was the time. His hour had now come. And then he gets to John chapter 17 and verse number one. He begins to pray to the Father and he mentions the hour. He knew the hour had come for him to glorify the Father. and that The Father would be glorified through him. He's talking about his death on the cross. So the point is this. Jesus was in total command, total control. Most of his ministry, the Jews were trying to take his life from him. But Jesus was supernaturally protected because Jesus came to give his life a ransom for all. And that ransom must be executed on the cross. And even on the cross, in John chapter 19, when he said, when he said, Father, into thy hands I come in my spirit. In John nineteen thirty he says he bowed his head. That means he reverently bowed his head and gave up the ghost. They didn't take his life. Oh, yeah, they crucified him. They beat him to a bloody pulp. But literally, Jesus laid down his life. They did not take it from him. Isaiah said that he would come like a lamb before the slaughter. And Jesus laid down his life. So be encouraged today, uh, not just that Jesus died, not just how Jesus died, not just uh, when Jesus died, but being cursed for whom Jesus died and the way he died, he willingly gave his life as a payment for my sins and yours.